Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode on the Remastered Podcast. This is Munira Madison. And this is Muhammad Kibria. And today we are talking about whether you're more motivated by the love of Allah or the fear of Allah. So let's check in first before we get into this deep topic. And I'm really excited to talk about it. So how are you doing today, Munira? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm a little bit tired, exhausted, but all praise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think, you know, um, we all go through this. Uh, there's a lot that happened in last few months with the COVID and everything that's taking place. Um, I think a lot of community workers are a little bit exhausted, but I'm sure everybody can feel the same pain. Alhamdulillah. So the topic is really interesting. Again, um, I'm curious, like you being a convert, Manira Madison, like I, I, you know, I was always assumed that like, you know, the, the, the Christian community always focused on love so much and not so much of fear, but I want to hear from your perspective, like what was like, what's, um, what has driven you in, like, what's your, what is it? Are you more motivated by fear or love or is it balanced to you? I mean, for me, I think within Christianity, of course, there's a wide uh, array of belief systems and how we teach it, but there is a folk brim and firestone. I think they call it fire and brimstone, the wrath yeah. of the law, right? Uh, in some denominations more than others. And then there's this like overwhelming love. But I think that's what we need to step back from. Like as Muslims, oftentimes we look at sometimes Christianity and say, oh, you're focusing way too much on the love of Allah, because a lot of people don't understand like why we fast for Ramadan or why we pray five times a day, for example. I think it really goes back to a balance between hope in Allah's mercy and fear of the consequences of our actions, fear of the day of judgment, but that all of this needs to be rooted in love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's interesting. Um, so personally, of course, I'm driven by the love aspect more. So I, I recently went out to my mentor and said, look, I have a hard time believing in Allah being this punisher who is really to, you know, uh, take you out of this comfort, like, you know, who's ready to punish you all the time. Because in, in, in a lot of people, especially immigrants, the way we have learned our deen is like we said, previous generations focus so much on this fear factor. Allah mm-hmm. is going to punish you if you don't do this, right? I'm sure all of us have been scarred somewhere or another by our imams, or our parents. We've been, you know, uh, spiritually abused in certain ways. Like the fear factor of God has been implemented in our life so much so that as soon as you think about Allah, like, you know, this is a very simple exercise to think about for most of you. What's the first thing that comes in your mind when you think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Usually in previous generation, they will say it's the fear, uh, the punishment, Right. And the current generation is so much focused on like, um, you know, love, mercy. Right. And there's, there, you don't see this balance approach, right? Exactly. And I'm, I'm that generation where like, I, I'm so like, I truly have a hard time believing that Allah is ready to punish me. But like, you know, that, that balance has to be there. So like, you know, my exercise is to look at verses or reflect on things that Allah talks about, you know, when you don't do and, and accountability is important. Exactly. And that's what... I think it really is about is like this fear that you aren't pulling your weight, this fear that you aren't worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he deserves, as he is worthy of the fear that you are falling short. Like when I think of my fear, I'm more afraid of myself. You know, I don't think of it as fear of Allah. I fear that I'm disappointing Allah, almost like a parent relationship. Your parent, like when you think about your parents, uh, you know, growing up, were you afraid of them? Okay, but why were you afraid? As a daisy, yes, I was (laughs) afraid to get beat. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. All right. Well, for me, it was a fear of disappointment. Like all I had to do was like be say, I'm disappointed in you. Mm. And I would ball for like hours, right? So it's the same with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I fear disappointing him out of my love for him. And it takes me back to again, like what uh, you know, Imam al-Ghazali and Ibn al-Qayyim says, which is Iman is like a bird, the wings of which are fear and hope and the head of which is love. So if you don't have enough hope in your faith journey, you need a dose of fear, right? Go back and yeah. read, like, yeah. start with Surah Baqarah. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. scared me when I first read it as a non-Muslim. <laughs> I read yeah. Surah Baqarah and I was like, what? Yeah. You know? That's interesting. But if you have too much uh, fear and you fall into despair, you need a dose of hope. So like, where have you been in your life? Like, have you had a period of time where you had too much hope and you were just doing whatever and hope in his forgiveness or too much fear in the consequences and you fell into despair? I think like uh, stepping back, uh, you know, just looking, I think most of us can, you know, most of you really reflecting, I think step back and reflect on your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how it started. If it started with a fear, I think it started in the wrong approach. And maybe some people yeah. need that, right? Some people, you know, there's a many ways to look at those verses and reflect on saying, okay, some people need to find that fear factor through uh, verses. And some people is already, you know, their iman is already strong enough. They need that, you know, they need a little bit of the hope. And de it depends on, it's, it's custom. I think everybody's custom to their needs, just like our fingerprints. So looking back in my life, honestly, I really, um, I got introduced to the whole religion concept through from a culture point of view, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and I think like uh, that was, a, you know, I was beaten by a bunch of imams to recite the Quran. I was just told to pray without any meaning. So I think my introduction to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pretty rough and tough. So I didn't have much of a healthy until I really started find that journey myself. And I found that, you know, through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and accountability, I guess. And that's, and I think you're mentioning very important point is that even that punishment is a mercy itself. For example, exactly. if your teacher tells you, go do your homework, go study, or else you're going to fail in the exam. Motivation for you to really do better, right? Do well, um, to push yourself to study and, and, and get better out of the exam. Ultimately, what is Allah going to get punishing you? Uh, like, think about it. Like, he's the owner of this world. He's the creator. So, uh, you know, he's the Rahman, he's the Rahim, he's the Kareem. Uh, he has nothing to gain or lose by punishing you. But even that punishment is coming from a mercy as well. If right. you really look at it, right? Um, and, so, yeah. And going off of that, I want to go back to like the point that you made about you were told you have to pray, you have to fast, you have to do this thing. We really need to reframe how we teach Islam and the, the acts of worship with our children, especially because if we frame it like, oh, you have to do this or this will happen. Okay. That might be the case, but we need to understand why we are doing yeah. things. When you think of fasting, like I have friends and family, they're not Muslim. They're like, we just go to church once a week. We talk directly to God. Why do you have to pray five times a day? Why do you have to fast for a whole month? I don't get it. We just give up one thing in Lent for a month. That's it. Like, why yeah. do you have to do this? And if you actually go back and you think of the benefits of fasting, you experience the benefits. You look at the biological benefits of prayer, right? If yeah. we understand the mercy 
and the love that is in those very acts of worship, then you can always ground yourself in love for Allah and you can infuse your worship with meaning and you can do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, there are consequences. Yes, there are, you know, the first thing he will ask us about, right, is our prayers. Right. But that's an accountability thing, like you were just saying, like the teacher telling you there's a test. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think I love, you know, so the quote from the book, uh, Faith First, talks about when we are motivated by the love of God and our hatred of angering him, then our yeah. faith feels complete. So if you think about it, um, so an example, like, you know, when I first met my wife, right? you know, falling in love. And, and again, this is, you know, different level of love we're talking about. But when you when you love someone or when you love something, right, you go above and beyond to uh, please that person now. Or like, you know, you you get your love gets so deep and in and, and the core, it becomes you adore it. And to the point, you know, you don't just adore it, you start worshiping it. That's 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 the true form of what worship means, right? Worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So when you truly love someone, you go above and beyond to make sure they're satisfied, they're taking care, they're they're comforted, and you don't. You also don't, you know. Um, you also don't uh, try to not to disappoint them. Exactly. Like you're worried about disappointing them. So when you truly love Allah, when you feel the love of Allah, you you get to a point where like you know what? I don't want to disappoint Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and that's the real essence of like truly what love means and fearing of like you know even the fear comes into play like you know what. I'm going to be held accountable as well. Exactly. And, you know, the fear of Allah is very different than fear of people, right? Why is that? Because he is al-adl. He is the just, but he is also the merciful. He is the forgiving. He gives us a pathway to repentance. I was thinking about, like, if you go to court, right? You're, you're supposed to be held accountable. But there's a fear in the system and there's also this like focus on punishment for punishment's sake. When we look at restorative justice and the routes of like going into mental health institutions instead of prison, that's more representative of the type of like justice Allah is calling us to have in this dunya that's based on his justice and love for us. So like that helped me put it into perspective as well. And I think, you know, you have to look at it as a compass to your life, right? Um, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another quote to really think about is when our love for God becomes more powerful when connected to our sense of need for him. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like, rec- like you know, if you, um, I think just last night, um, uh, me and my wife were talking about like Allah, right? When just think about that name, like th- th- there is nothing beyond that. Like if you, really th- if you really powerfully reflect on this, just his name, nothing else. Like nothing else matters. Nothing else makes sense. So when you, when you really direct your true, and you know, look, at the end of the day, there's a part of us, I always, you know, recently I was reflecting, there's a part of us that, you know, that will never be satisfied in this world, no matter how much we put efforts into it, no matter how perfect life cycle we have, no matter what. So when you really think about this connection that you have, your relationship you have with your Allah, the more you develop it, the more you get closer to Allah, the deeper love you feel, right? And you feel like your needs are, the contentment is what we're looking for ultimately through these two wings that you mentioned, love and fear. Just like me, where you can't fathom that Allah Allah can punish and one of the exercises is, again, look into the verses of uh, uh, hypocr- hypocrites. 
yes. right? And and when you when you sometimes feel like you don't do what you say, it really holds you kind of like, oh man, you know, there are things that I you know say and I don't do or I don't practice. You know, that really holds you accountable. Exactly. And I think that accountability is very crucial when it comes to fear and hope. At the end of the day, and fear and love, right? At the end of the day, on day of judgment, we're going to be held accountable. Exactly. And just like you said, like even punishment or that that level of accountability is a mercy. I mean, I think oftentimes in our faith journeys, we think, okay, something bad is happening to us. This is a punishment from a law. But if we are really grounded in that love and understanding of his forgiveness, but also, you know, the consequences of our action, we understand that those seeming punishments are not, they're actually mercies. You know, Allah will not test, you know, Allah tests those he loves the most. He, he yeah. doesn't give you uh, more burdens than you can handle. Uh, you know, what, what else? Like he will expiate your sins with each uh, burden you're facing, which with each trial and forgive me for my, uh, you know, uh, summaries, but all of this, like if we're really grounded in that love for Allah, we will have a completely different mindset and perspective and we'll understand these quote unquote punishments as a form of mercy and as a yeah. way to lead us closer to him, inshallah. Yeah. And I think, you know, another thing to I really reflected on um, when we we're talking about this topic is that when you think about love, it's an emotion that it, 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 it's, it's a matter of heart. Yeah. And nobody can delve into your heart and say, oh, you love Allah this much or you love, you know, it's something that is personal. It's very something very deep within between you and Allah. And, and you know, if you love Allah, Allah loves you. Like that's the deal, right? That's like the connection. Uh, so the, as much as you love Allah, of course, Allah loves you more than that. Even you know, think about the blessings that he has given us. Right. And I think this profound need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in what's happening in our society right now we need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than anything. Like, you know, we need faith. Like we need to really counter our entire life towards the direction of our faith. Right. Like if I was to put any, if I'm doing anything in my life, it is not connecting me to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is disconnecting me. It is taking it's me away from my ultimate goal, ultimate reality, ultimate journey. Because at the end of the day, if, and if what I, if I'm not connecting with Allah, with love and the balance of, you know, hope and fe- like the fear and exactly. hope, then I'm, 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 I'm in the wrong compass. You know, I'm not going, I'm not using the right GPS. Right. Very, very early on in my, in my faith journey, being Muslim, I heard use your Iman is your compass. And that's exactly what you're just talking about now. And with every decision I've asked myself, is this increasing my Iman or decreasing my Iman? And honestly, like subhanAllah, that's the best compass you can ever have. That's the best GPS you can ever have. Right. So I want to ask you, though, like, what if we suffer from not having enough hope and not having enough love? Like, what if we suffer from not being motivated enough by his love for us? What are some things that you think, you know, our listeners could be doing? Oh, man, you, now you asked a scholarly question. <laughs> Personally, like, you know, um, I, I, I feel like it's 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 sometimes like for you know i was um recently i was talking to one of my neighbor and um you know she doesn't believe in god right and i was just sitting this that's just mind-boggling to me that someone doesn't have that connection with god and they think god doesn't exist right and of course we all have a different journey we all have a different approach of it 
and and I I just I just can't fathom that, you know, and and I think it depends on our paradigm and how we grew up. Like I told you, like I had a bad experience knowing who Allah was till I started really researching on my own, and I realized my relationship with Allah got much better. You have to be willing to want that relationship. If like you know you know the example of I always talk about it recently. When Ibrahim asked Allah SWT, can you give me an example? Can you show me? Can you retestify my faith? Mm-hmm. He made it work. He didn't just like, okay, go get a bird and do one, two, three. No, he actually made him to work to really get that, you know, um, confirmation. So mm-hmm. if, if you are not motivated, just look at the, look in the mirror, look at the blessings he had provided you count your blessings, man. Like just unbelievable like you should be your 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 eyes will be teared up just the blessings if you see what he has provided you no matter what situation you're in yeah i think taking time to reflect like mm-hmm. you're saying is definitely one of the key points i think even ibn al-qayyam you know outlines that to I'm more motivated by your love for allah um and like you said i know that you've had a, a journey with the quran getting closer to it yeah. really learning, you know, doing tafsir and really diving into that. How has that, has that helped you like grow in? Obviously, I mean, look, you know, you, a lot of young professionals I see, like, you know, and I see some of my friends and family, we spend so much time on like meeting up somewhere or instant, right? We're going to go play. Everybody plans out, but then I'm sitting and like, let's study the Quran and just, there isn't as response. There, you know, there has to be some willingness for you to really connect with your creator. And if it doesn't exist, that's like almost red flag. That's mm-hmm. a war. That's almost like a way it should be awakening. Right. I mean, reality is in our community. We, we go to these funerals, we go to like on sad things happens. We make the, we move forward or even the Juma khutbas, right. It's not as hard hitting in our hearts and soul. So I think that there has to be some, you, you have to be mindful. Mm-hmm. And when we're not mindful about that, you know, you can, so for, when I started looking into the uh, tafsir, you know, of sort of Fatiha, I was just mind blown by it. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Right. And I know the language barrier doesn't help. But if you take that one step towards trying to connect with Allah, you know, Allah is taking 10 steps towards you. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me of a quotation we also have from Faith First, that unless we are mindful, we slip into an illusion of self-sufficiency. I mean, I think that's a huge uh, illusion we all operate under within our society because that's what we're taught over and over again. And it continues, we assume we are independent and have control over our lives. But when life constricts with hardship, our perspective may change dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. But it may not if you don't have that perspective and that yeah. reliance in a law and you really, really think you're self-sufficient when you're met with calamity, you're going to be absolutely and utterly lost. And the funny part is that you're not going to escape calamity. That's going to come at you. Like, you know, a lot of us try to envision our life in this dunya as like, I'm going to create this perfect world. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to. And the reality is it, it's never like, don't get comfortable in the dunya, right? use it it's as a traveling a space and and i think through that you have to have hope and you have to also use the you know when we talk about fear factor it is in itself it aligns you i mean there are things that as a muslim you you know as a muslim we there are things i want to do outside of our boundary like it's right. it's an in, in turn it's a either a natural tendency or either it's within the paradigm we live in the society is going sometimes you're like man i wish i can do that or but then i why? Because one, I don't want to disobey Allah. 
Two, I'm worried about the punishment. So it holds me accountable, right? It is an accountability compass if you talk about that fear factor. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. But subhanAllah, Allah is the, you know, sometimes the unknown also is the comforter zone of saying, you know what, Allah knows best. And like you said as well, it holds us accountable, but it's also a motivator. Just like, you know, the teacher telling us there's going to be a test on Friday. Okay, you're motivating me to study and learn what you actually taught me, you know, inshallah. So, so let let me ask you this. What is the one biggest, (laughs) what is one fear that you have that Allah is, you know, so it's like, you know, we all have different way of looking at fear factor, right? So what is, what is the, uh, what are you feared from like, you know, from Allah's perspective, like, what do you think he's going to hold you accountable? Is like, what, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, honestly, when, when I first thought about this question, I, I first went to like, I don't fear Allah. I fear myself. I fear what I'm mm. doing wrong. I feel shaitan. And then that led me to like research. And like, even in the Quran, it says, uh, you know, it is none but Satan who frightens you of his friends. So do not fear them, but fear me. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We fear him because his fear that he instills in us is something that always leads us to good. The fear mm. that everything else instills in us is something that leads us towards despair, you know? Uh, um, and that really struck wow. me in reflection. So but hold on, honestly, this. Hold on. Uh, this. fear of Allah leads you to? Hope. I believe it really. Yeah, I believe it leads us on the pathway to goodness. As long as you have a balance of, you know, as long as you're grounded by the love of Allah, as long as you understand who right. Allah is and you understand yeah. he is all merciful, loving. If you you don't have that yet, start with one of our other podcasts about relationships in last season. Inshallah. And then the second thing you said, the fear of people and shaitan. Fear it leads people and despair. shaitan, it leads us to despair. And I mm-hmm. felt that in my life. Like my first, my first year as a Muslim, I was, you know, I went through this spiritual high and enlightenment and awakening. And then I went through this crash, almost like I was detoxing from a drug. Like just incomplete and utter. Long, oh my gosh, these are the things that I just did. And I had a clean slate after I took my Shahada. What's going to happen? And that Mm -hmm. just led me further and further away from Allah because it wasn't fear of him in that point. Maybe it was just fear of him, but I was missing that hope and that love and that, you know, connection. So that's something that struck me. What I'm most afraid of is, I think, especially being in our position, working for the sake of the Ummah, I think I'm always, always, always afraid of the hypocrisy. Yeah. You know, the hypocrite part. Like that's when I read the punishment and, you know, in Jahannam about that, I was like, oh, (laughs) And I, I think that's uh, the reality of a lot of activist workers or the community engagement folks that are involved. You know, if you see that if they make a mistake, it's almost like, oh, well, you're not supposed to. The reality is, you know, their workers like us are battling the double D battles that, you know, I, I truly believe the average person is. I mean, we're all in a battle, right, with Shadan and, and, and the temptations and desires of this world. And I think that can happen. But when you truly, like, for example, one thing to really focus on is no matter what happens, like no matter what you do, folks, like I don't care even if your hand is soaked in blood because you committed a murder, which you did. I hope you didn't. The fact that you turn around and you ask Allah to forgive you and ask for repentance after, you know, have that. You should have that level of deep love and hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the same time 
knowing the, the accountability is there. I think that, and I think that accountability is the most beautiful aspect of our dean, right? Because think about it. We're all going to be everything that you're doing, right? Even if you really, uh, if you really know who Allah is, even the unseen moments, you, you have to be, you have to approach your uh, uh, aspect of justice, right? So, because think about things we can get away just by ourselves when nobody's watching us. But when we have this love and hope of Allah internally, that really morally grounds us individually and in living in society, right? Otherwise, the things that we can get away and, uh, by ourselves could be, you know, uh, uh, crazy, right? An unlimited list. Okay. And, you know, we, we work in youth work and we talk with a lot of leadership and we, we oftentimes, you know, discuss the trials, the challenges that are facing our youth and young professionals today. I think what we've seen in the community in our generation and the generations that follow perhaps is they're raised with this huge fear like you were mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. without understanding the meaning and everything behind that. And they shift and go to the other extreme, which is like cherry picking the Dean almost and being like, Oh yeah, I can do that. Allah allows it. You know, he'll, yeah, he'll yeah. understand. Yeah. Or, or like the whole aspect of like, Oh, don't judge me, bro. Uh, you know, or this, right. like, it's one thing. Like, I think that's the generational problem. I think we definitely talk about it, like displaying who you are trying to present who you are. And you don't realize you're displaying your sins, your shortcomings, mm -hmm. and you're trying to like go through this identity crisis. Right um you know it's it's ultimately it's you know think about how do we how, how do i how do i live my life the focus being god's pleasure because that's all that's going to matter folks if you if you and i pass away tomorrow or today and god forbid whatever it is there are a few moments of tears memories posts you might get a few hashtags on your name and that's it you're right. like, that's it. You're, you're, you're history. You're done from this world, right? From the test and trial world, you're going to face with Allah SWT alone. So if ultimately your, your main focus should be pleasing Allah, Allah's pleasure ultimately from the, you know, and, and the way you get to there is through the hope at the first gate, right. And, and the fear, like the mercy and then the fear as like your, your guiding uh, direction. Right. Just like um, Faith First says, our greatest encompassing goal should be winning God's pleasure and avoiding his anger, admission to paradise and evading hell. So like if we think about these goals and that within that framework, I think that it, it's better than just simplifying it down to are you more motivated by fearing God or loving God, you know, yeah. <laughs> fearing Allah or loving Allah. Uh, so going back to what we were just talking about within our society, societal context, though, like if, if we see that there's a lack of fear, like we need a dose of fear, what would you suggest to our listeners and to our viewers if they find that they're riding high on like the hope in Allah's forgiveness, but not holding themselves accountable? I think, you know, first of all, you know, if, again, I'm that individual like who has a hard time understanding that the, the, the fear factor exists. So one of the assignments uh, my uh, mentor or Muzaffar told me is to always focus on, go read the verses of the Quran that focuses on uh, munafiks, right? And you almost see yourself in few verses. You're like, oh my, punishment, right? So you, you again, you know, there are people who needs to go focus on the, like one assignment for all of you guys is take an English Quran and look at how many times, uh, like highlight the names of Allah. Just mm -hmm. highlight every page how many times. First, you're going to see the name of Allah. 
being highlighted the most. Second, it's going to be focusing on mercy, rahma, mm-hmm. right? And then anytime there is a punishment talk, there's a, a mention about punishment, either it's bef- like, you know, you will see a follow through with the good deeds that you can follow up or the righteous will do good and they'll get recovered, right? So there is always this balance you'll find in the Quran. Whenever it's talk about punishment, there's always a reward option of that punishment of folks, right? Or those who repent or those who turn around or those who do good, those who replace good, right? So I think, you know, having to really reflect on those verses, and obviously that means going to the Quran, go to the Quran, visit the Quran, like honestly, like open up a book, read it, understand it, take it word by word, delve into it. And if you die in that process of just grabbing the book, you have angels fighting for you to enter Jannah, perhaps, right? Because the point is you're taking that steps towards uh, connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter which way you're looking at, either you're looking through from the fear perspective or the, or the hope perspective. Yeah, I think what's also something that is very powerful is regularly reflecting on death. I mean, it sounds morbid, but it's something that our Prophet told us, you know, like reflect yeah. on death, reflect on mortality. Right now, um, my, my mother, <laughs> I know it is, my mother is, you know, aging and almost every single day, I find myself being even more God conscious, thinking about the day of judgment every single day because mortality is right in front of me like someone dealing with their mortality every single day is right in front of me and that has really served as a reminder for myself and helped you know to hold myself accountable yeah subhanallah may Allah accept um yeah i i think may Allah give her shifa may Allah make it easy on her and you're right death is a great topic to really reflect on um really think about ultimately that's the graduation day for as much as I can say, like, I, I look at that's the ultimate graduation day from this world. Either you're going to go in a perfect coffin and you're going to go in a perfect graduation ceremony where everybody is making dua for you, or, you know, you're, you're going the wrong. I don't know. So I think, I think that's, that's deep enough to really reflect on as individuals, but again, reflecting on our topic, fear or hope, I think they both have to be there. It's not one yeah. or the other. Exactly. And we live in a society in a world that is teaching us so much of what is the opposite of what would bring us to this understanding. You know, we're told like, you can stay young forever. Your legacy lives on if you do this, you know, you you feel empowered to be the the, uh, captain of your own ship, you know, Mm. so to speak, just like we were talking about earlier. So really like, uh, subhanAllah, mashallah, like everybody out there listening, uh, viewing, you know, you're already doing the good work by even just listening to this. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, something that we can, I don't want you to walk away from this feeling bad. Right. 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 <laughs> no, of course so much already in addition to what we already fight ourselves. If you're listening to this podcast or any content that is definitely God worthy, you're, you're, you're doing good. You're doing good, right? That That's mercy. That's hope. That's uh, that's like, you know, you're looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and again, uh, you know, the topic is very interesting. Another thing to think about is just look at, you know, if if you feel like, you know, is, is um, for example, like can heaven and hell be a motivating factor to have or learning about like Jannah, like in a lot of the times we talk about, we learn so much about Jahannam because, you know, it's emphasized in my generation, but then think about learning about Jannah, right? Those two will also motivate you to have the fear and hope. I think that's a great way to utilize those tools or, um, and if you, if you think about it, those are the two, those are the two destiny ultimately, right? 
Right. The two destinations for us. I mean, we just, again, I think it really goes back to learning more and reflecting on what you've learned, like going beyond just listening to the verses and reading the verses, really diving into the tafsir, the meaning, uh, going beyond, you know, your acts of worship. Like we're told, oh, you'll feel better if you just pray five times a day. Okay. Maybe someone won't, maybe someone needs to understand why yeah. they're praying and infuse that with meaning to be doing it with purpose to then feel better, you know? Right. Right. And, and look, it's not just, you know, when you, when you're able to build that relationship and have hope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right. You have that, you have a meaning and purpose, a positive meaning and purpose, and everything else makes sense. Yeah. For example, if you're doing some activity in your community, you you want pleasure from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want and you're doing you're gonna do it right. You're gonna do the right community work. You have chances of doing the evil. You have chances of doing bad or making bad decision or like doing something that is not appropriate, right? That um, you know, that fear factor of Allah is going to really align you to make sure you, you readjust your directions of what you're doing. Right. Right. Um, so, so, so I'm, this is, these are amazing tools. Like if you ask me, what are the tools and techniques Allah is giving us, try to use these two to really align yourself in everything that you do. I, you know, in reflection again, just on this topic, I'm thinking about the moments and times where I really had good intentions, but I hurt people. And then I felt really afraid of like, did I give them their rights? Did I, you know, hurt them to the point where like Allah will not forgive me? I mean, what can help people in, in those moments? And the reality, look, the reality is Allah is so merciful. So, um, you know, when you talk about justice with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, <laughs> like, for example, like if you do something wrong to someone, right? Allah is like, look, you better go fix that right with that person now. Like, I mean, that's, that's just talk about justice. Like even he doesn't want it. Like he's saying he doesn't want it. Like, you know, he's not going to go men's. This is like, you have to go actually seek forgiveness from that person now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course there are some people who take advantage of that. There are people who will be like, you know, I'll never forgive you. And it's like, the reality is that's not the way it goes. There needs to be, you need to forgive each other. That's the reality. Right. But someone can have that grudge in their heart. And Allah is a lot like, and I think having that kind of, if you're doing the right thing, if you have the hope and you and your fear of Allah's anger, because you're going to go at this person and say, listen, forgive me, whatever I have done, or you return the things that you stole or whatever the case is, right? And you do your best. Sometimes you want to be very careful about this. Seek a scholar. I think that's important to seek advice, get mentors, get other people involved to make sure this person is willing to forgive you and move forward, Right. Um, and I think having, but yet you're still fearing who Allah, exactly. right. And you're having hope that Allah sees that you're trying. Right. And I think that's where like the dose of hope comes in. Like that's where it's easy to fall into despair because, you know, in some circumstances, you can't ask the person for forgiveness for whatever reason, you True. know, in some circumstances, that's not an option or the actions that you, you, you're about you to make. do can cause more harm. Right. Could actually, you know, cause harm exactly without you intending it. So like, yeah. that's where I think we need to get over our own ego. Like sometimes even our shame uh, is related to our nefs, I think. And this idea that like, oh, I just did the work, like Allah will never forgive me for this. We have to remind ourselves, like think, you said, he is al-wadud al-rahim al-ghafur. 
Now, Alexa, from all of us, this is an amazing topic. I hope all of you benefited from this uh, conversation. Again, we'd love to hear from you guys, um, see what your thoughts are. What is motivating you the most? Or is it both? Is it balance? You know, um, what's most effective for you? And let us know if this podcast are really helping, you know, helping you to develop your relationship with Allah. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. This is Muhammad Kibria. And Munir Madison. With the Remaster Podcast signing off. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.